Welcome to the Just In Case It Burns podcast with your hosts, Justin and Burns. All right, Burns, I got a trivia question for you. All right, let's hear it this week. All right, so we're recording on a little different night tonight. This is Father's Day, so I wanted to throw a little father-son trivia question at you. There have been several father-son matches that have taken place over the years, but there is only one that has taken place at WrestleMania. Who were the father and son in that match? And they were wrestling against each other? Yes. There's been several that have appeared together, but only one duo has wrestled each other. It was WrestleMania 17. You're going to kick yourself when you hear the answer. Am I? (laughs) If I'm going to kick myself, I'm going to go with uh, Ted DiBiase versus Ted DiBiase Jr. (laughs) No, it's not like that. It was uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. Son of a bitch. WrestleMania 17. Yeah, it was a hardcore match. Uh, Shane McMahon ended up winning. Uh, Mick Foley was the special guest referee. Um, And just other things to note was that both Stephanie and Linda McMahon were both involved in the ring or in the match. Apparently, Linda McMahon stood up from her wheelchair and kicked Vince McMahon in the nuts. Yes, Um, I remember that one. (laughs) Damn it. So that was a fun thing to to research. I was trying to find a good father-son trivia question. I didn't think there would be that many, but there are a ton of father-son uh, duos that even wrestled at the same time is what I was kind of looking for. But a list I found, I think, had like 88 um, wow. father-son duels. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that being said, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It's a little late when you guys will be getting this, but uh, happy Father's Day. Yes, that is true. You'll probably be hearing this on Monday the day after, but never too late. All right. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, AEW Dynamite recap. We're going to look ahead a little bit to the Forbidden Door pay-per-view that's coming up on the 25th. And then we'll discuss the new AEW Collision show that just happened last night. And then we'll touch on WWE a little bit. So let's start with uh, Dynamite. Uh, The first match of the night, MJF versus Cole. Which, from my understanding, it wasn't actually for his title, correct? It was just if Cole won, then he could get a shot at the belt. Um, correct? Yes, that's, that's okay. what I uh, understand. And I enjoyed the match. I could kind of tell the direction that it was going in as it kept going on and on and on. Um, I kind of wish I had a, a timer going to know if it really was at the uh, 30 minutes or whenever when they rang the bell. Um, but they're probably pretty good about that kind of stuff. Um, but I thought it was a great match between the two. They both did a really good job. Um, and when they went through the table over there and everything, uh, it, it, was, it was a good match. Yeah, good match. Uh, banger of a match with those two, as I thought it would be. Um, looked at the clock, and it was like 8.34 or something when they ended, so... I'm betting it was pretty close to that 30 minutes. I think it was a 30-minute time limit, uh, which I 
didn't even realize that it, that's what it was. So that didn't even play into my mind that it was going to go to a, a draw. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just kind of a testament to the match, I think, is it was an enjoyable match. You didn't realize how long it was going on. I I mean, I guess I only had that thought because I just remembered, I think it was uh, Brian Danielson and um, Kenny Omega had a match that ended up in a draw. And so I just started, I was thinking about that. And, but what does that mean moving forward? Do you think that really doesn't squash that? storyline is he going to get another shot um because as taz was saying he had to win to get a shot at the belt yeah and you know he asked for five more minutes and mjf you know rolled out of the ring on that so it should extend um the feud with them and, and trying to get another belt um i think a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight might just blend together so um right because uh, Collision, um, this kind of goes into it, so I'll just bring it up now. Um, with Collision and CM Punk coming back, um, you know, he came out to the ring and cut a promo at the beginning, uh, which some people liked, some people didn't. Um, but basically, he was saying, you know, I didn't lose this belt. I won the match against us, and it's uh, still my title. So it's kind of putting... Uh, MJF Punk rematch. Um, so I don't know if they're going to throw Adam Cole into that mix as well and maybe have a you know a triple threat for it um, that could move that storyline in a bunch of different directions uh, depending on who wins. Um, you could have you know a bunch of different singles matches between all three of them to go there. Uh, I would almost bet that. Unfortunately, Punk will win that belt uh, back from him, and that be more of a motivation to continue different stories with uh, with MJF and him. So we'll see. Um, would have liked to see Cole win that, but uh, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought about that with uh, CM Punk having uh, having not actually lost that. Uh, lost the belt, but I mean, I thought they that they had vacated it, so it wasn't his anymore. But I mean, it is a good storyline to kind of bring back. Um, I just hope they don't do the whole different belts for different shows kind of thing. Uh, let's just keep it, you know, one universal champion. Not universal is not the right word. The heavyweight champion with AEW, undisputed champion on that. Yeah, um, but I did. It is definitely. Leading up to a, I think it's leading up to a CM Punk MJF match for the title at some point. But I just don't, I mean, I kind of like the MJF Cole storyline. And so, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what direction that goes in. Yeah, I think you've got to go that direction because not many people, um, not many old storylines are going to be able to be worked out right now with Punk, you know, with the Elite and. Uh, Adam Page or Moxley or any of those. So uh, there's only a few people, I think, with belts that you could actually put up against Punk unless they make a a belt, like you were saying, just for that show. Um, But at that point, it wouldn't be the, you know, a heavyweight championship. I think you're going to have to go more of a a different mid-card, 
uh, like, you know, the Intercontinental Championship or something like that, the WWE has would have to be over there or at one of the other shows. Um, so, yeah, I would say since MJF's willing to work with him and pop back between the two shows, that's the uh, program we're going to start seeing between those two. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting to follow. We'll see what, where that goes. Uh, another cool thing that kind of happened was uh, Chris Jericho and Sting getting in the ring together. I wasn't surely aware. Um, had that never happened before? Had they never been in a ring before? They were kind of alluding to that. Um, so it was yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, that surprised me. I thought their paths would have crossed in WCW at least. Um, so I wouldn't wear that either. I know in WWE, they uh, they weren't together because there was that short time for Sting. But yeah, I totally would have thought at some point that they would have seen each other in WCW early days. Yeah, and I thought it was a cool little group of four there. And it's kind of Sammy Guevara probably breaking away from, from Jericho a bit. But that, the funny thing that I really took away from that whole uh, little situation there was when they were hitting bats, like it sounded like they had metal bats. So like they're not using like props out there. Like they're walking around with some metal bats, I guess. <laughs> so, that can't feel good. No. So I got to be careful with those a little bit. But yeah, so that was a pretty cool moment. Um, I don't know if they'll have a, a match in the future. If I mean, you know, when Sting's usually in these matches, it's not doing a ton. He, he gets some work in. But it's usually not a whole lot. Um, so I don't know if a one-on-one -on -one match with uh, Sting and Jericho is in, in the works or not. Yeah, I hope not. They're both getting up there in age. And I don't think it would be the most uh, energetic or sound match. Although they are both great workers. So maybe I, I'd be wrong on that. But I think you got to get some of the young guys in there to keep the flow of the match and people entertained. Yeah. Okay. The other uh, another thing that happened was Tony Storm retained over Sky Blue, who I guess is uh, kind of up and coming uh, on the women's side. Um, so I thought it was it was another pretty entertaining match. Uh, Sky Blue's mom was on the was ringside and got a little spray paint in the face um, from Ruby Soho, <laughs> but I think it's always kind of entertaining when the parents get involved and. Uh, I'm sure they're made aware of what's going to happen, but sometimes maybe they're not. You never know. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, good match. Yeah. Sky Blue is definitely up and coming. And uh, like I said, it's kind of fun with Collision going because the storylines aren't going week to week or, you know, because um, we had uh, Sky Blue in a tag match against uh, Ruby and Tony where uh, Sky Blue's mom got involved again and slapped uh slapped both of them which was <laughs> quite entertaining um yeah so it was a uh, sky blue and willow nightingale versus the outcasts and yeah came out to the ring and tony storm started running her mouth and sky blue's mom smacked her and then ruby came over there and got to smack herself so um i do like how both of these are kind of going back and forth with each other. Um, hopefully there's more cohesion between all of the shows. Right. Uh, another uh, another guy that we can talk about that 
had uh, matches on both shows, kind of big ones, was Wardlow. Um, he defeated Jake Hager on Dynamite. And then, I mean, I I think you can call it a surprise, but I kind of understand, as you probably had to, I mean, I think it's kind of a shame that they did it to him again. But, I mean, that you drop a belt on the first night, somebody kind of had to um, on the first night of Collision. But uh, Wardlow lives in a Luchasaurus on Collision. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise that he beat uh, Hager. Uh, was a surprise that he lost to Luchasaurus, but uh, major involvement with Christian there, getting involved, uh, busting a camera over his over his head uh, so Luchasaurus could take advantage and get it. And then the way that looked, uh, you know, Luchasaurus didn't even really touch the belt, if he did at all. Right. Um, Christian took it and... Uh, so, you know, I don't know if the implication is that it's, you know, his belt or he, he's taken over on that. So that might get, you know, a match between Christian and Wardlow um, going. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that'd be the only reason I could see that that really happened because, you know, Luchasaurus wouldn't be as, as good of a wrestler as he he is. I don't see putting a title on him uh, and making a run is the smartest thing. No, and I mean, I I think Wardlow gets it back at some point. Uh, I don't know when the next pay per view is after Forbidden Door. I know I should probably know that information, but um, I I would think that they'll build up something to that to have some another kind of match where he would win it back after that. Um, I'm curious. If, like you're saying, you know, Christian kind of took over having the belt and everything. If he, they arrange something where Luchasaurus just lays down to give Christian the belt and make him the champion, and then he's actually, you know, has the belt. Uh, yeah. Make uh make Luchasaurus kind of go through go through the ropes and defend the title and all of that and run through all these people. So nobody's left and Christian, you know, says, well, I'm still left. Uh, right. wouldn't be a bad, bad idea. It'd really push that heel heat with him. Um, and they could, you know, they've got about two months all over, maybe nine weeks. Looks like the next paper these all in August 27th in London. Um, so they oh, can yeah. definitely put that, yeah, definitely put that program together where he kind of runs through some of these people on the roster and then um, then does just what you say. Yeah, I just thought that'd be kind of a, you know, it'd be something Christian would do <laughs> as this heel character he's playing right now. Uh, and the way he did, you know, he took the belt and basically was saying it's mine. So, I, I don't know. I think either, you know, Luchasaurus turns on him or, which I don't really think that would happen, or there's something along these lines where they find a way to, to get the belt to Christian and then work something for another match down the road. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're going to turn Luchasaurus face again unless he joins up with Jungle Boy. But I don't think they're going to go that tag team route, and uh, he definitely needs somebody else in his corner. 
to speak for him or you know help him out. So I think right now that's, that's the way we're going. Okay. Uh, and then I just wanted to mention the the guns. They uh, they challenged the Hardys. It's just kind of a quick little promo. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really. I don't really care that much about the guns, but uh, <laughs> I enjoy watching the Hardys. So I don't know if that's going to be the next um, next storyline for them. Uh, trying to be the best brother tag team in AEW. Uh, well, I mean, I think even if that's the case, they're still going to be behind the elite, or excuse right. me, the young bucks. Um, and I, with where they're at right now, I don't think you're going to get that. I think it's just to get them on TV, put them, put them in a match. I think they beat the Hardys. Um, maybe get another match or two out of this. Should be a good, good couple of matches if they do, but. I don't think there's much meat on this bone. Yeah. Okay. And then the last thing I want to talk about dynamite, and it'll kind of bleed into the, uh, the forbidden door. Look ahead. Um, was the ending to dynamite got a little wild. Um, it was that, uh, the Blackpool combat club versus the elite, uh, young bucks and hangman. And then just loads of people came out at the end. Eddie Kingston was back, uh, and then Kenny Omega came out. I mean, well, this isn't in the right order, but uh, Will Ospreay. Um, I can never remember the guy's name with, with Don Callis now. Um, Takeshka. Takeshka, yeah. And it was just like hit after hit after hit. It was really kind of cool to watch, um, and it was a great ending to the show. And then um, like, I'm, I'm excited for that Kenny Omega-Will Ospreay match. Hey, that's an awesome uh, match. Yeah, they'll put on a hell of a show. Uh, a lot of those times when you get a bunch of people running out and interfering, it feels like it's way overbooked. This did not feel that way for sure. Uh, it was smooth. Everything made sense of why these people were coming out. Um, but yeah, that uh, Omega Osprey is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, and then, so, just a couple of the other uh, matches that are coming out of that. Uh, Jungle Boy accepted uh, Sonata's. Uh, he issued an open challenge for the, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So, Jungle Boy accepted that. Um, I kind of like the, the Jungle Hook thing they got working right now. Um, and that little promo they cut for him accepting that and asking him to be in his corner for that match was... A cool little thing, but um, I don't know a whole lot about these uh, New Japan New Japan wrestlers, so I I really don't know anything about Sonata. But uh, I'm assuming it'd be. I do like this Forbidden Door pay per view because this is just another thing with AEW that it opens opens people up to things you won't normally see. Yeah, the exposure for a lot of people that don't watch new Japan. I am one of those. I know some of those names and have seen, you know, some of their matches before, but I'm not familiar enough with a lot of those guys to, to talk about them. But, uh, you know, everybody that's in this pay-per-view is, you know, top tier. Um, so every match I, I see is just being like hit after hit 
uh, the last pay per view that they had Forbidden Door was really good, so I don't see this being any different. So, uh, yeah, every match should just be banger after banger. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and mention now we will probably um, put out another show next week before the Forbidden Door pay per view. Um, given our picks, I think that there's another DraftKings pool that we'll put out our picks for and just go over the matches. Um, so we'll put that out later this week. Um, a little more in depth once we know a little more about all the matches and everything. Um, the other one I know about now was Orange Cassidy. Um, I don't think it's, there's no official match or anything. Um, they have a tag team match on dynamite this week. Um, with it's Orange Cassidy and Shibata are taking on Zack Sabre and uh, Garcia because Zack Sabre was wanting to challenge Orange Cassidy, but uh, Garcia is wanting to do the same. And then I don't know, just Orange Cassidy is just getting all kind of random matches right now. Yeah, uh, this could be the one where he actually loses the belt and, uh, you know, they've done it before where some of these guys from New Japan have held the AEW belts and vice versa. So this could be one of the ones where he actually does uh, does lose at Forbidden Door, um, depending on who he faces. It could be, you know, it could be a, a three-way match on that, which would be very entertaining because they're all, you know, Great wrestlers again, and it should be a good show. But uh, even uh, Dynamite this week, that's going to be a hell of a match. Uh, a lot of action in that. Everybody's going to be, you know, moving around. It's you're not going to want to turn away from that for sure. Right. Okay. Um, all right. I think that's pretty much it for Dynamite. We'll uh, we'll move over to Collision. Um, I. I keep forgetting. I've been wanting to mention something for a while. It's not anything about the matches or anything. It's more of a little rant I have. How they do the commercials uh, during like Dynamite or whatever, where they they do picture in picture, uh, which I think is great. Except, how about we not do it during your main event? I think you should get like all of your commercials in so you can go commercial free during your main event. I'm like, yeah. Just, I don't, I don't know. It's something that bothers me. I don't know, a little old family guy reference. It really grinds my gears. You know, it bothers me. <laughs> you know, it's our main event. And then, you know, you get about five minutes in. All right, don't go anywhere. Picture in picture. <laughs> like, come on. Okay, so it's our bad yeah. memory. Yeah, it was, it was weird, too, because I believe it was during Collision. They did a picture in picture. And then after maybe one or two commercials, they actually stopped the picture in picture and went into a straight commercial so you didn't see anything. And that is one of the biggest things uh, that a lot of people have issues with, especially around the world, is we have so many commercials here in America that everybody yeah. else doesn't. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and, and watch some content from people in England and stuff and you know when they watch have to get our feed or even the Canadian feed it's it's like I can't believe how many times you guys do this um, <laughs> even though it's shorter than theirs they'll do maybe like five or ten minutes of commercials maybe um, to get them over with but it seems like just ad placement you got to do it every every couple of minutes and 
Yeah, I agree with that. If you're going to do it, let's front load or even at the top of the hour kind of, you know, hit heavy on commercials there so you can you can just keep the flow of the matches going and you're not distracted because that's that's the biggest time even in picture in picture if i'm not hearing commentary or anything it's really hard for me not to get up and go do something or get on my phone and look something up so it does kind of disrupt the flow of everything for me as well it does and i mean if i'm if i'm catching up like if i had been putting my kids to bed or if i didn't watch the same night i skip those i don't even watch them so, yeah, they're not going to do anything huge during that time period. Right. That's, I mean, so. stuff that's going to affect the match you're going to see, but it's nothing that's going to, you're going to be lost if, uh, if you miss it. Yeah. All right. Um, rant over. All right. Let's go on to uh, Collision, which by all accounts was a, was a success. Uh, CM Punk came back to, from pretty much what I heard, mostly cheers. Um, there were probably some jeers in there, but I think that's going to be kind of par for the course anywhere you go. But again, Chicago is his hometown, so he probably had more of them there. Um, but we talked a little bit about him earlier. I'm not sure if you wanted to say some more about, about him now. Um, go ahead. Yeah, he... Uh... Came out and started off the show, which, by the way, um, show looked way better um, than Dynamite did. Put a lot more production into it, jumbotrons, graphics. Um, it, it just looked more professional and like a professional uh, wrestling show than Dynamite did, um, which is quite interesting to me that you know you're doing this for your first show with for him, but your mainstay show kind of looks, you know, second tier now. Um, the whole show was, was amazing. It was, it was great. But, uh, punk came out, uh, cut a, you know, a 10 minute promo, I think, um, just kind of, you know, taking some shots in there to the, uh, elite and, and things like that. I guess there's, Part of his condition on coming back was he wasn't allowed to publicly talk about anything that happened or even really talk about uh, Omega or the Young Bucks, Boxley, uh, I would assume, anything that kind of happened. So he took his shots there, um, you know, basically saying, you know, people, he thought, you know, maybe people would want him to come and just lay down his, his boots and walk out and not wrestle again. Because he did come out with a pair of boots around his neck and holding the red bag, which we found out was the world title that he won. Um, right. But, you know, he uh, basically said, uh, you know, I'm here and I'm telling the truth. And he, he had that line, you know, I'm, if I'm not telling the truth, basically tell me or something to those effects. Um you know, took some took some jabs at the young bucks, um, saying that you know you can call me whatever you want. You know, Pepsi Phil. There was a guy that you know had a sign that said that, and you know all these great things. You can call me whatever. He doesn't care, but the only thing that he does care about was uh, the uh, Warner Brothers president calls him. Uh, what did he say? 
one buck or one bill fill. Um, and that's the only person that he cares about. And, you know, he wouldn't a counterfeit buck kind of yeah, taking a shot at the bucks without referencing them. So, right. um, it was an okay promo, you know, it was punk being punk. I think just kind of coming out and stirring the pot and getting things going. I don't think it would have went over as well anywhere else, but Chicago, they were behind him. I even started a, uh, you know, fuck the elite chant. The crowd did. There was a couple of people that booed him and stuff, but I don't know. You know, I didn't expect anything else coming out of Chicago. Right. Okay. Um, how the the match? Uh, it was the the main event of the night, um, and obviously CM Punk and FTR came out on top. Um, but by all accounts, it sounded it was a it was a, a winner of a match. Uh, I think um, CM Punk didn't start the match. From what I heard, right? No, uh, Dax came out and started it up against Jay White. Um, it was it was a hell of a match. Uh, hard hitting, a lot of chops. Uh, you know, Joe got in there with Punk eventually, and Joe just you know chopped the living hell out of CM Punk. Uh, there was a couple times that I kind of jumped back in my seat and was like, "Ooh, man, that that didn't feel good." And there is history with with those two. Um, he was back with well, that, yeah, honor. that was the other thing I was going to ask was um, I wasn't aware of that either um, that there was a pretty long history between CM Punk and Samoa Joe that a lot of people were happy to see them come face to face again yeah um, didn't watch much Ring of Honor uh, but that, all that's where that history is from that's all comes out of Ring of Honor, but yeah, uh, and I don't think they've really been in the ring, if at all, since then. So uh, Joe definitely took out some frustration on them. Um, big spots. Punk didn't wrestle much. He didn't have a lot of you know in ring time. Yeah, which you know I I kind of saw coming because you've been out of the ring after an injury for you know nine months and all this other stuff going on. Um, that ring rust, so you got to kind of get him back into the flow of things. So it was smart, but it was, you know, a plus match in my uh, in my books. A lot of no selling from Joe with uh, Punk's chops, um, but yeah, they all. I mean, that's probably why he did all of each other. That's probably why he didn't have a singles match, which because he, I mean, he's still oh. getting his getting his sea legs for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, um, he would have been blown up really quick if he if he had been in one cuz that that match went about 30 minutes, I believe. Awesome. So yeah, there's no way he would have been able to do that. So the uh FTR took a lot a lot of that time in the ring. Um as well as, you know, Juice and JY took a lot of a lot of time Joe wasn't out there for a lot of it either. Right. That could be setting up something between uh, Joe and Punk as well, since Joe is the uh, ROH TV champion. So maybe we'll get get a program with them after this whole MJF thing if if uh, Punk doesn't win that. If that's the direction, yeah, if that's the direction it goes in. Okay, another guy we hadn't seen in a while was Andrade. Um, he came back 
and fought and wrestled against Buddy Matthews. Um, they both looked in great shape. From I mean, in all honesty, here I I wasn't able to watch the show. I read a couple recaps, um, and everything I've read, you know, it said uh, they looked like they were in the best shape of their career. Um, or not career, but in a, in a while, maybe it's since they've been AEW, um, and that this was a another outstanding match. Um, that yeah. I think out and, and Andrade ended up winning with the figure eight. Yes, a uh, great match. I'm not a big Andrade fan. Uh, that is one of the people that I kind of will go and do other things. There's a handful of those people that I just am not entertained by, whether it's their personality or. Or, you know their wrestling style um, but I did watch this whole thing I love Buddy Matthews uh, hell of a match um, I think the bigger thing at the end of it was after Andrade won you know stood up and offered his hand to Buddy Matthews who uh, did not accept the handshake and uh, lights go out and uh, Malachi and uh, Brody King showed up in the ring and kind of uh, took took their uh, their time sitting there staring at each other, and then uh, Brody King just laid out Andrade. So I think we may see uh, eventually Malachi and Andrade uh, in a match, but I think he'll go through uh, Brody King. They'll have a match too before that, maybe in a week or two, um, setting up for something. Um, at all out with uh, with those two. Um, but here's here's one for you as well with that picture and picture thing. The whole time during one of the picture and pictures, they were, uh, you know, Andrade had the injury to his arm, um, and then Buddy Matthews has a knee problem. So during that whole picture and picture, basically they had both of the trainers out because um, they did spots where they both got injured. So they were both <laughs> sitting there in each corner and they each had a trainer out kind of selling those injuries, which did play into it later, you know, because both of their finishers kind of have to deal with the injuries that uh, that they have sustained. But, yeah, great match. I enjoyed it. Um, watched the whole thing. I, I, honestly, this is probably the first time where in the two hours of wrestling I've stayed engaged in, in almost every match um, okay. without fail. So. Yeah, Miro also made his his return, uh, being a guy named Tony Tony Nice. Yep. Uh, I guess it was kind of kind of a squash match, not not really, but kind of. Yeah, that's Tony Nice's kind of mo. Um, you know, talking about people not being in shape and and stop. He was trying to stop the whole show so they could do a workout and get everybody in in shape there. And, um, Nero comes out and just looked like the beast that he is. Looked really good. Um, Nice got a couple, couple shots in, but yeah, Miro basically uh, had his way with him. Uh, nice did have a really nice, I don't know, cartwheel off of the ring apron onto Miro, um, and that's about all he got in. A couple chops that Miro no sold, and uh, yeah. <laughs> The Redeemer is yeah. back, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be a major player on Collision. I was gonna say because Miro had a uh, it's like a really religious kind of thing, right? Is that his still his character? 
Yeah, the he still came out as the Redeemer, um, praying to whatever God he's believing in there. Um, but yeah, you did see that. I think it's a good uh, gimmick for him. And uh, he'll kind of go through some of these people that are causing trouble or think they're better than everybody and see how it goes. Okay. The uh, only other match we haven't talked about from Collision is the uh, the Outcast versus Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Uh, we might have touched on it a little bit when we were talking about Tony Storm. Um, but the Outcast lost this match. Uh, Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale won. Um, from again, from what I read, you know, it was, I think the the Outcast were kind of taken taken by surprise, um, and. I guess I can, you know, it sounded like a good match. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a good match. Um, it's kind of nice to see that, uh, unlike WWE, when somebody's in their hometown, they do give the hometown person uh, a win. Uh, Sky Blue is from Chicago as well. Um, when it, it was a good way to do it. Um, you didn't have either of your champions taking a pin. And Tony Storm or Willow Nightingale. Um, Ruby Soho did take the pin after uh, Tony Storm got the spray paint out. Uh, I was going to, you know, do the spray paint to the face to Sky Blue. <laughs> uh, Willow came in and got behind her, and uh, Tony sprayed Ruby in the face with it. Um, a couple moves later, uh, Sky Blue got the pin in the win. Uh, it was really good. Biggest thing, I think came out of it for me and uh, I was watching some live reactions of other people as well for this whole thing. And uh, at the very beginning, I believe it was Nightingale took Ruby and just tossed her into the barricades. And that thing moved probably five feet head first and it looked horrible. Uh, but she popped <laughs> right back up. But I was just like, everybody was like, Oh shit. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a hell of a good match. Um, Good to see that they're putting some of the women on on the first show as well. Um, kind of surprised we didn't see a Thunder Rosa return. I, I was expecting that oh, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know if she was supposed to be on it or something happened, but I thought that was the plan when she walked into Tony Khan's office a few weeks ago that she was going to be a part of this show as well. But uh, no reference really made or... She wasn't seen at yeah. all, so that was kind of surprising she, for me. She was hyped up with uh, right after Miro um, on that dynamite yeah, did, a few weeks ago. Did the same thing, walked into his office just like Miro did. So, yep, it's kind of yeah. weird. Huh. That, so I don't know if that, that that took place, or the uh, Andrade match took place instead of something with her because he never showed up, um, and he was kind of a surprise for me to be there. So, um but I was more expecting Thunder Rosa, so I don't know what happened there. I haven't seen or heard anything about that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then, um, so I guess, did Tony Giovanni take part in the first scissoring on Collision? He that did, the- and it was amazing. <laughs> uh, i very much an acclaimed person, uh, Daddy ass had a nice, beautiful, pink, bright pink uh, suit with some scissors on it. Uh, came out and you know basically said they were going to go after the 
keep going after the trios uh, belt. And then, uh, yep, had the first scissor on collision, which I believe they said that the first ever scissor that they did uh, with Daddy Ass was in Chicago. So it was only fitting that they did another scissor there. And uh, they were getting ready, and all three of them were in the corner, and they uh, got Tony lined up, and he took part in it. It was kind of a, a funny moment there. <laughs> yeah, just a quick note, note about Billy Gunn. I've been seeing a lot of videos of him when he was much younger, The when he was with, uh, uh, what was it, Road, oh, Road Dog, uh, the New Age Outlaws. They were uh, they were really fun to watch. They were a really good tag team, and uh, they were. It was just an awesome. That was an awesome time for wrestling too. But oh, yeah. so Billy Gunn's yeah, been around for a while, and he was he was a really. Uh, I mean, he's he's done a lot. He's he's a really good wrestler. Yep. Yeah. Uh, only other thing I'd have to say about uh, Collision is there is a new broadcast team. Um, which was amazing to listen to. Uh, worked very fluid together. It's Nigel McGinnis and Kevin Kelly. Probably one of the greatest uh, duos that I've heard that just were fluid. I mean, it, it reminded me of you know Jr. and and the King back in the day um, talking. Okay. It was it was really good. So. Um, production value of the show was great and announcers and nobody was stepping on each other's toes kind of like you do when you got you know three guys in there for dynamite so uh, just right. want to shout out to those two as well okay um all right well i think that's it for aw let's just i just have one thing i want to talk about with wwe i think it's just what everybody's talking about in wwe right now is the uh continued implosion of the bloodline um most recently Jay Uso telling Jimmy Uso, you're out, and I'm out too, and then delivering the super kick to Roman Reigns, which, I don't know, I was kind of over the whole bloodline, but I'm I'm loving it. Like, back in? This whole storyline. You what? I said back in now. Yeah, I'm back in. I don't know, it's fun. Yeah, it, it's just fun to watch, um, but I mean... I don't think it would be as fun if he was still, you know, winning all the time and getting all these belts. But, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's they're doing it right uh, with this storyline. kind of. I guess the Usos are going to go off on their own thing because um, they really are one of, if not the greatest tag team in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I kept wondering when it was going to happen, and when I saw it, I was like, "Well, it's about damn time." But they're playing it out right. As much you know, as much doubt as I had about this whole storyline back with you know Sami Zayn and all of that kind of stuff, even Cody Rhodes not winning the belts, um, it is playing out great. So I think they're doing a hell of a good job. Uh, be interesting to see where it goes if you know Roman and Solo team up against the Usos kind of think that's where you got to go with it and and you know have the usos beat them and kind of marks the final chapter of the bloodline with with that loss for roman right all right well i think that's all we got for on the wrestling side um just uh touch on you know denver nuggets 
NBA champion. They took care of the Miami Heat. And then the, the Vegas Golden Knights took easily took care of the, <laughs> the Florida Panthers. Well, that game five or whatever, nine to three. That yeah, was crazy. Oh, <laughs> Bob Roski did not have a good game that day. No. Um, yeah. Uh, congrats to both. Hell of a good uh, playoffs for for both leagues. Yeah. So it was fun to watch. Um, and then we were both watching today the the U.S. Open. Uh, what was it? Wyndham Clark ended up winning, which is good. Um, I was a little surprised. They kind of ended the day kind of where they started. Um, but, I mean, after, cause after the first three days of that tournament, they were all shooting low scores. But I guess the course kind of firmed up a little bit and got a little hard. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're playing with the lead. You're just – you're playing safe. You're not really doing as much. So, But it was a fun tournament to watch. Uh, yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. I, uh, when I saw Wyndham Clark on there, the first thing I thought of was Wyndham Rotunda. Uh, so I was rooting for him, uh, hoping that he would win. Kind of yeah. pushes back to uh, to wrestling a little bit there. You know, I was thinking IRS and you know, Bray Wyatt and all of all of those guys. So, um, yeah, good to see him win. Congrats for that win. I was hoping uh, Ricky would have won it, but right. Well, is, I was a little uh, disappointed he he wasn't all decked out in orange today. I yeah, I don't know if he does it. that anymore. Um, I know he always wears a little bit. Because uh, I, I know he's bit. changed up his game a little bit to try to... Because he wasn't playing so great. So he started changing some things. He's been playing better now. I wonder if that was one of the things he changed up. But yeah, Tim I liked it when he was that, all decked out in orange. Following that Tiger Woods, I always wear orange. Like, he always wore red on Sundays. So. Well, he was, he was always a red shirt. Like Ricky Fowler yeah, was, it was orange all hat, orange, orange yeah. shirt, orange pants. It was like, yeah, it was great. But, all right, well, that's all we got. Uh, you got anything else? Nope, I think that's it. We'll uh, get another one banged out here in a couple days and hopefully have that Friday, Saturday before uh, Forbidden Door. So we'll yeah. see you all then. Yep. Because that's uh, that'll be another DraftKings pool. We'll put our picks out and then talk about the matches. Um, so look for that, you know, maybe Friday or early Saturday. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. So we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Just In Case and Burns. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Tell a friend about us, and we'll see you next time.